one thing is for certain and two things are for sure. One thing that the enemy is going to be is persistent. He does not give up. Just because you told him to leave you alone does not mean that he will forever disappear. Think about it. This joker has been on some nonsense since the beginning. Before Adam and Eve. Remember, he was kicked out. And took, I believe the Bible says he took out a third of the angels with him. The, literally. So he's always been on some foolishness. He's always been on something to make, to be against God himself, right? So the enemy does not give up. He is patient and the joker is persistent. And we see that in how he tried to continue to tempt Jesus. But we have such a perfect example in Christ where Christ teaches us how to talk and combat against the enemy when temptation comes. So we don't have to fall into sin. We don't have to give birth to death, which is what happens when we sin. But yet we can fight against it. We can tell him to get behind us. We can tell him to leave us alone. Now, here's the truth. One thing that we will not do is give the enemy more power or more recognition than what he is. We give all the power, all the recognition and all the glory to Christ. This is why we're going to dive in deep into the second temptation of what Jesus was going through when he was coming out of his 40 days and 40 night fast. Let's talk. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so grateful that you are back. I hope that you are doing well. And if you are not doing well, I pray that as you are listening to this podcast today, that God gives you a, I guess, another level of of deeper revelation, understanding, and you feel the compassion and the love of Christ. And you see that God wants you. I really do pray that you are uplifted and you gain something from this. And I hope you have been gaining something from these podcasts, uh, from the different episodes that I have been doing here. And that really we, because I really feel like it's a partnership, even though I don't see your faces, we don't talk, but I just feel like God, whoever you are having me to speak to and whoever is listening, I really do feel you all and I feel that we are all on a one one page to understand Christ more and our personal relationship more. If you are new here, this is Conquering Me. I am Jennifer Jefferson. Thank you for listening. On Conquering Me, we talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Christ. And here's the thing. Child, you're going to have some up and downs in this walk. But look, we're going to have some days where you're like, Jesus, Lord, I'm tired. The reason why we say take the wheel is sometimes because we just got to the point where we just tired of driving. Most people don't say take the wheel out of faith. It's just like, Lord, I'm tired of driving. Here, you, you do this. It's just one of these things to where we just get tired. My soul is weary. My soul is tired, Lord. Refresh me, Jesus. You will have those ups and downs, and it's okay. But the main thing is, as long as you don't give 
up. Don't give up hope. Don't give up going to your father, which is in heaven. Don't give up praying. Don't give up reading your word. Don't give up fasting. Don't give up going to church. Even if you are not at the church that you don't like, just say, God, number one, should I still be here? Because sometimes we are leaving prematurely. God, should I still be at this church? And the Lord says, yes, you stay and ask him for his guidance while you are there. Okay. And if the Lord is saying, no, it's time for you to go somewhere else. Then start searching. Don't become comfortable in being a one person show, a, a, an island, right? We don't, that's not how God intended for us to move. He built us to really, really help one another and grow together. So I am praying for you and I hope that you guys are praying for me. It is, and I'm excited about this one. Well, I'm always excited about anytime we talk about the word of God at the end of the day. I, I really do because I know that God is the answer. He has all of the answers for us. And it's just, we have to continue to seek him. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible says, uh, he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so my prayer is that as the whole, as a whole, the body of Christ, we become seekers of God. We just want to seek him. Not here's the thing. It's not always about seeking the blessings and what God can do for us, but just like really seeking him. Who is he as a father? Who is he as a provider? Who is he as a protector? Who is he as um, the God uh, who is my banner, the, the Lord of hosts, all of these names that God is mentioned in the Bible? Who is he? And here's the truth. When we just continue to seek him on that level and continue to seek him and say, God, they, oh, let me understand more of you. That is a lifetime journey where we will always be rewarded at the end of the day. We will always be rewarded seeking God. And this one we're going to talk about, we're going to continue the series that we started last week. The son without sin, the son without sin. And we're talking about Jesus Christ and the scriptures that we're coming from. It starts off in Matthew four. Uh, last week, we talked about verses one through four, and it talks about the first temptation that Jesus was thrown. I'll say thrown, you know, here comes the enemy being the enemy, being silly, throwing things at Jesus, trying to get him off guard. You know, he was, he was fasting for 40 days, 40 nights. The Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness to fast for 40 days. For He went to the extremes of what any human can go through, which is starvation, dehydration, loneliness, being in a dark place on this earth. Jesus willingly went through levels of sacrifice, uh, sacrificing before the cross, right? For us. For us, we have to remember all of this is for us. So after the fast, the first temptation that the enemy thrown at him was basically trying to have him to eat bread. I mean, to turn the stone into bread. And so the Lord combated and let him know, let him know, all right, get up out of here with all that. But today we're going to talk about the second temptation, the second temptation. And it starts off in verse five. And we are in Matthew four verses five through seven. And it says, then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, here we go with that. If again, last week we talked about that. If 
you know, if is a point that hits your pride. When someone tempts you with if, if you love me, if you say you trust me, if, 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 oh, if you so good of a cook, even it could be simple things like that. If you so good of a cook, why don't you come cook this? You know, that person just manipulating to you cooking that meal and you fall in the trap because of your insecurity. You want to prove to them you are who you say you are. All of this is, is, is things to pull on your emotion. It's a prideful act, right? So I, the, so we talked about that last week of when we hear those phrases of if, and not in the, um, if you can do this. And even that is a form of manipulation because some people know how they're manipulating people. And so the enemy's job is to always manipulate us specifically within our emotions and with words. How did he get Adam and Eve? Child, he didn't touch uh, Eve. He never touched Eve. He didn't throw nothing at Eve. He didn't throw a uh, stab her with a knife. None of that stuff. He just talked to her and she listened. He is good with his words. And so even in this, and we're going to continue to go back to the scripture, we will see how the enemy took scripture to misuse scripture and manipulate scripture. So let's go back to Matthew four, five, and seven. So I see, I ended on six verse six says, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. Here we go. The enemy is quoting scripture. The enemy is quoting scripture. In this passage of scripture, they, uh, they call him the tempter. The tempter is quoting scripture. This is one of the reasons why I say it is so important for us to know the word of God, to know the word of God, not just going off of what you hear other people say. And I'm not saying that not everyone is trying to be malicious or everyone is trying to manipulate you, but you have to know the word of God for yourself. And I believe it's in Proverbs when it talks about study to show thyself approved. So you have to study the word of God, study what God has set before you. So you know the ways of the kingdom, know the ways of your heavenly father, know the ways of how Christ moved here on earth. So now you have a beautiful example on how you can walk all of us can walk here on earth. So he says it here, verse six, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you upon their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him. It is also written, do not put the Lord, your God to the test. So, you know, what's so funny as I was reading this, my first thought was this. Now, why did Jesus allow the enemy to take him to the highest point? Why? Because you have to remember in the verse five, the first five, the verse scripture, excuse me. It says, then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point. And I thought, well, you know what? If you're coming out of a 40 day fast and as a human, remember Christ was in flesh at this time. He was a man. He was in a weak place, a weak point. No food, no water. He's been alone for 40 days, 40 night in the wilderness, dark, cold, whatever, whatever the temperatures were. It wasn't comfortable at the end of the day. He didn't have this fast at his house. Remember, he was a carpenter. 
So it wasn't like he sat there, was sitting there in his house, around his family, all that stuff to where everything was still, there's still some form of comfort. No, he was uncomfortable on so many levels that any human can think of, right? Uncomfortable. But yet, and I was sitting there thinking like, oh God, why? Why would he do this? And I began to think about the humanity of Christ. He was weak in his body. He was weak in his body, but yet still spiritually strong because yet he is Christ. He is the son of God. And then I thought about what Hebrews 4 and 15 says. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. Just as we are, yet he did not sin. And here's the truth. We all, on some level, have become weak to follow our fleshly desires. We all have. I don't care if that doggone thing was your level to go ahead and have that donut, even though you know your diabetic self shouldn't be doing it. And you're like, "Mm," even if you're not diabetic, you know that thing wasn't good for you. And you're like, I know I need to be losing. I'm supposed to be on this weight loss journey, but I keep going back that my favorite fast food place keeps calling me. We all have become weak to a certain point to follow our fleshly desires, even though we knew it was bad for us, or maybe at the time we just didn't care. And this is, again, my thought process of like, God, why did he allow the enemy to take him? Why did he follow? Well, it doesn't say follow because it says take him. In another um, translation, I believe it said it, um, it took him in his wings, something like that. I can't remember. I have to go back and look at it. But either way, the enemy carried him. That was the word I'm looking for. The enemy carried him to the, to the highest point. And I said, God, why did you allow that? Once again, what, look at what Hebrew 4.15 says. For we do not have a high priest who is able to, unable, excuse me, unable to empathize with us. What? So you mean even Jesus is able to empathize with me when I know I followed the enemy to do some dumb stuff? Like, you know, I didn't do it, but I was moving in curiosity. I was moving in being a little bit nosy. Got out there and I was like, oh, I know this path may not be the best but I just want to see now we know anytime the enemy is pulling us away that it's going to be some nonsense now it may seem attractive but it's going to be some nonsense because truthfully even when we look at the scripture what he is tempting Jesus with is all attractive And he does use scripture in a twisted way. And we are going to address how he twisted the word of God and what he removed out of the scripture. Right. That does not glory. One thing about the enemy, he's never going to he's never going to quote the scripture verbatim. He's going to make the scripture about you and not about God. What I've noticed is when I see the enemy using the scripture, he he takes out the parts that glorify God. He takes out the part that allows you to see God in all of his beauty. He makes it about you. This is why I get slightly concerned with a lot of messages being preached over the pulpit that is about us and our problems and our issues and all these things. It is about God and the kingdom. It is about what Christ has done. It is about all of 
all of that, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, it is about all of that. I am not saying for us to not preach messages that encourage us. But when the totality of any pastor, preacher, bishop, I don't know, whatever title people go by, when it's all about what we can obtain, then there's a problem because we're making the word of God about us instead of about the kingdom, instead of about what God intended. The whole point of Christ coming is to restore us back to the original design before sin, sin entered in, period. There was a beauty and a perfection that we were supposed to walk in. But then here comes sin. Christ came so that we can actually have the kingdom here. That kingdom come that will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, there's going to be trials and tribulations that we will go through. And yes, the Lord will encourage us. Yes, the Lord says, cast your cares upon me for I care for you. That was Jesus talking. Jesus said that in the scripture. So all of these things, God gives us hope. He gives us peace. He gives us strength. He gives us access to all of what we need and what we desire and even what we want. There's a scripture that says he will do exceedingly and abundantly what we may ask or think. So he goes above and beyond, but we have to make sure, like my husband always says, and I love that he's just so simple. He said, we have to make the main thing, the main thing at the end of the day. So the enemy is a tempter and he's always going to tempt us with things that are attractive. But when Jesus allowed the enemy, and I'm saying aloud, the scripture does not say aloud, but I'm saying aloud because we understand the power and the strength that he has. He has the ability to shut it all down, but he still allowed the enemy to carry him away to this highest point. And I felt like this is what the Holy Ghost was revealing to me. It is once again, Jesus relating to us because we have all been down a path, even if we did not sin, that led us to a place to where, you know what? I shouldn't have gone to that place. I shouldn't have been there. I know I was being nosy. I know I was being curious. I know I shouldn't have picked up that phone. I know I shouldn't have watched this. I know I shouldn't have done this or whatever, but it was just that thing that, and what happens is when we do that, we are unknowingly feeding our fleshly desires. We're actually giving more room and excuses that it's okay. Especially when we don't recognize immediately, you know what? I should not have done this. Let me turn from this. Turning from turning your ways from things that are not of God that pulls you away from God is repentance. You're like, God, I repent. I'm turning. I'm changing my actions, period. I know when this person calls is going to be on some nonsense. <laughs> it's going to feed that messy side of me. I'm not bridling that one tongue. I'm not holding back not one word. I saw this TikTok and it was so funny. This girl was talking about how she, um, she, she said she, she did a thing talking about after reading the book of Proverbs, she said, Lord, I realized I've been doing this thing all wrong. The first two, she said the first two chapters got her together about her mouth. Her, she was like, Lord, I'm using my words all bad. Just talking crazy and whatnot. But it's the truth. Some things we know, we know it's a path that does not glorify God. And we justify it by saying, well, 
I didn't really sin. The Bible talks about lay aside every weight or sin that so easily besets you. Anything that pulls you away, anything that can possibly become, and this is, I'm just giving more explanation, possibly become a stumbling block, a block for you. What you do not want to do is become comfortable in carrying weights that are not of God. You do not want to become comfortable in doing things that can pull you further and further away. And I'm going to read it specifically. It's in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. And verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every thing that hinders and the sin, now the King James Version says every weight, but this is the NIV version. It says every, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. I love, look, easily, easily, easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of our God, of God. Consider him who endured. L listen to this. Verse three, considered Consider him, we're talking about this, the temptations of God, the temptations of Jesus. Consider him who endured such oppositions from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Why? Why did Jesus allow this to happen? So that you and I will not grow weary and lose hearts. So you and I will not give up the faith because we're like, I just can't get it right. So you and I will begin to know what I, what it says in Hebrew 14, four, I'm sorry, four and 15, when it says we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But now that I understand that he went through this so that we can endure, we can keep going. We don't have to give up. We can lay aside every weight. We can lay aside the sins that so easily entangles us. We have the ability to lean and depend on the Holy Spirit, who is the same one that guided Jesus himself. We are able because remember in the beginning of this, this scripture, we said the spirit led him to the wilderness to be tested. He led him to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to be tested. So the same spirit that led him through his testing that led him to conquer is the same spirit that Jesus said, I am now leaving someone with you. And that's the Holy Spirit. We can lean on the Holy Spirit when we're going through these things to say, Lord, teach me how to lay aside these weights. Give me the discipline that I need so that I don't become so easily entangled with this foolishness that is trying to, trying to uh, overcome me and consume me, right? We have to keep looking for Jesus. Jesus is the perfect example of our faith. I believe it's the New King James Version of the same scripture that says he is the author and the finisher of our faith. We have to look towards Jesus. And one thing that we know, 
when we keep having these moments where we're being led astray by our fleshly desires and the enemy tempting us and all of the type of things, we just have to know the grace of God. I think some of us, we, we really need to sit and rest in his grace. The fact that he just keeps loving us, he knows we're going to mess up. He knows that even after we grow, we're growing in God and you're like, oh, I'm learning more about God and Jesus and I'm, I'm doing this and da 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 here comes boom, something else. And he knows that it, some of these things you're going to, you're going to stumble a few times. You're going to have to take some time to figure it out, right? We don't have to allow this to consume us. A scripture that's coming to me is this. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. As this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God, not by the works so that no one can boast in it. This allows us to remain humble in the very thing that we prayed for, which is our salvation. It allows us when we understand how human we are. And how we will be tempted. And sometimes we will not always get it right. We can say, God, I thank you for your grace because it is your grace that saved me. And I, it is through my faith in you why I am saved. Not just saved from the salvation. Not just the first time you got saved and you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. But I'm talking about the salvation that is the joy of your salvation. This is how we have the joy of our salvation. We thank God on a daily basis. Like, God, my thoughts were pure trash the other day. Because for some of us, we're not really acting upon things. But our, our thoughts are ratchet. Our thoughts are disgusting. Remember, he knows our thoughts. He knows our heart. You haven't done anything, but, you know, you lusting after some things. He knows our hearts. But the grace of God is he keeps breathing his very breath in us that allows us to continue to get closer to him, allows us to, to see the flaws of ourselves so that we can actually love one another and actually have compassion for one another, have love for our enemies, actually want to help out other people. We can now have a heart to say, let me restore my brother and sister because I know I did not act in that, but boy, those thoughts were in my head. So I have compassion for people. I don't sit there and judge them because they, they should have controlled themselves. How, how you been doing with those thoughts at night? How you been doing with that? That's not for me calling us out, calling you out, but it's really the whole point of conquering me for us to really look at ourselves through the word of God. Before we really preach the word and teach the word to everybody else, it has to hit us. We have to say, well, wait a minute. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace, because my thoughts were terrible the other day. Lord, I thank you. I didn't say that. Lord, I thank you. I didn't I didn't act upon that. Lord, cleanse my thoughts. I got to start holding this stuff captive under the name of Jesus. Cast these thoughts down in the name of Jesus. So we thank God for his grace that continues just to be there. His, the, the word of God says his grace and mercy renews every morning. And for those of you who have been praying like God, remove this thing from me. And it seems like it's not going anywhere and it's not doing anything. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, but it, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. 
For my power is made perfect in weakness. Here we go. Weakness again. We got to be okay in being weak in Christ Jesus. Made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all of the more gladly about my weakness. This was Paul talking so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. He understood when Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. I understand that you want to get rid of this thing. I understand that you don't want to deal with this anymore. I understand. Remember, we still on. Why did Jesus even allow the enemy to take him up here? Remember, we don't have a high priest who does not understand us, who doesn't empathize with us, who doesn't get our struggles. We've all gone down paths that are not the best. But his grace and his mercy and his beauty was made perfect in our weakness. And that the thing is for us to understand how humbling that is. Christ allowed himself to be carried away for our sake. He was always thinking of the call, the mission. He was always thinking of us from the beginning. And I want us to know this. When the word of God, when people say that you are chosen, I want you to truly believe that and understand that. Because John 6, says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them. I will raise them up at the last day. John 6, 37 says, all those that the father gives me, this is Jesus talking. All those that the father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Never drive away. So even in your struggles, you need to understand that you are still chosen. God allowed himself to be carried away so that he could empathize with us. But the beauty is even in the second temptation, being tempted by the flesh of the desires of this life and of this world and of power and of ego, he still understood that I may be carried away, but I have the power to defeat and combat the enemy. How do we have the power to uh, defeat the enemy? Through the word of God and the blood of Jesus. By commanding and saying what the word of God says. I want to go quickly to when the enemy twisted the word of God. Remember I said he twisted the word of God. And what the enemy does, he never quotes the scripture properly. Never. Always know that. Always believe that he will never quote the scripture properly. Why? Because if he quoted the scripture properly, it defeats his purpose of manipulating any of us, any of us. So remember, he said what he said, um, for he will command the angels uh, to lift you up in their hands so that your foot may not uh, strike against the stone. The scripture that the that the tempter was quoting can be found in Psalms 91, 11 and 12. And I want you to hear the difference for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you, to guard you in all your ways. He left out the part to guard you in all your ways. And verse 12 says they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. So he removed the part to guard you in all your ways. He removed the part that presented the Lord as our shepherd, our protection. What? What? Yes. He removed the part 
that has allowed us to see the loving grace of God. This is why it's so important to know scripture for yourself. You have to know God for yourself. Why would the enemy remove the fact that the part of us, the part of that scripture that makes God as the shepherd? Well, number one, it takes him out the picture completely and makes it about us. Number two, it makes it takes him out the picture of being this loving and caring and protective shepherd father who will guide us in all things in all things David said David said and I want to say it's in Psalms 40 I can't remember exactly where it is in Psalms but David said even if I make my bed in hell thou art with me what so when when God says I will never leave you nor forsake you that's a hands down fact 10 toes down we can't move from that when God says that when you are mine you are mine that he will protect you he will keep you he will keep you. It doesn't mean that we will not make, sta- make mistakes. It doesn't mean that we will make dumb choices. We're going to make dumb decisions. But he's saying that I will keep you even in the paths that are not of me, even in things that don't necessarily represent me. I'm still going to keep you. How do I know that, we, that you've been kept? Because if you listen to me right now, you kept because you alive. You breathing. We keep forgetting the power of God. Remember, going to the Old Testament, God was hands down destroying whole cities. He cleared out the whole earth because folks was cutting up too much. But the grace of God, which came through the perfection of Jesus Christ, is what we can embrace. And we say, God, we thank you for being my shepherd. I don't have to worry. Isaiah 53 and 6 says this. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Taken on the burden of us all because we all have gone astray just like sheep. So if the enemy took that part out of saying that he is not a shepherd. So that means when we go astray in some form or fashion. And I want you to my prayers that you take out what astray looks like and the Holy Ghost let you know where astray looks like for you. But if you when you have gone astray. If I don't see God as my shepherd, I don't see him as my protection. I don't see him with the grace and mercy. I don't see his forgiveness. I don't see his redemptive power. I don't see his restorative power. I don't see his love. I just don't see God. And what happens? I live in shame. I live in guilt. And I lived in condemnation. And that is not what God wants for any of us. Jesus allowed himself to be carried away for us. But then he lets them know, you don't tempt the Lord, your God. He let them know, amen. You don't come, you don't put God to test. You don't let the Lord, and remember, because this is, Jesus is God. And so what he did, he, he hit him back with the word of God. So when the enemy comes at you with something, you better go to your scripture and say, get thee behind me, Satan. 
in the name of Jesus. But you better go to your scripture and begin to ask the Lord, God, I need your word to strengthen me. I know that you are my shepherd. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The Lord is revealing this to me. Whenever you are tempted by something and it's something that you are consistently dealing with and it seems like you are, this temptation is really, really getting to you mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. What is, I want you to take time and ask the Holy Spirit, what is the enemy specifically trying to attack? Meaning this, and the scriptures, the last scriptures we read, I talked about the Lord allowed me to, to the Lord gave me this revelation of, of noticing how he took those scriptures, the scripture out that the part of the scripture that um, did not reference God as the shepherd. And I just mentioned all the things of what a shepherd is. And if we really study what a shepherd is, oh, my gosh, they're so attentive. They, they are sacrificial. They stay with their sheep. They're very loving. They do what they need to do. They protect them from wolves. All of these things, right? We can, that's a whole message within itself about what a shepherd is. And we can relate that to God himself. But when you are being attacked in a certain area, what is it that you don't know about God to be truth? If you are being attacked in your place of loneliness, Do you know him as your father who will never leave you or forsake you? If you are being attacked in an area to where you feel like you have to control everything. Then you have to say, Lord, do I know how to rest and trust in your plan? The enemy attempts us with only things that he knows that we are struggling with. So now we have to mature and say, this thing keeps coming to me. What am I not asking, Holy Spirit? Reveal to me why the enemy is tempting me in this. Reveal to me why. What am I missing? Is there a void? Is there an area where I have not discovered of you that I don't know of you and I have not trusted and just relied on you in? Reveal that to me. The pride of life. The pride of life makes you take everything off of God and put it on you. The temptations that Jesus went through, and we're going to continue in the next one, going to the third one. There is always something for us to learn and see the love of Christ and see how he really gave us a way out he really understands our issues and our our struggles he really does because the enemy always wants us to feel like no one gets it no one understands I'm alone I'm not deserving of Jesus's love I'm not you are deserving of his love this is why I read those scriptures about chosen if you know Jesus you were chosen by him literally God chose you and you accepted. So thank you for accepting the love of Christ. So now let's learn more of Christ, more learn of our heavenly father. Who is he as my shepherd? Who is he as my king? Who is he as my protector, my provider? 
Who is he as my creator? All of these things become curious. Earlier, I talked about becoming curious about God. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, continue to seek him. But an indication of where some areas where you're struggling with is where you're tempted in. And I want to make this clear. A lot of times the, the surface thing, let's say what the surface thing is. Um, um, I, I'll use maybe it's spending. You have an issue with spending. You're just always spending. You know, you're out of control. You know, you need to do better with your budget. You know, you need to do better with your buying, whatever it is. A lot of times that that actual habit is not what it is. It's a deeper root to what's going on. Talk to your heavenly father about what is going on. And Jesus, I promise you, I promise you, if you open up the Bible, if you say, Holy Ghost, show me scriptures, show me examples in the Bible that will help me overcome this and help me to become stronger. It will be so Google it, research it, talk to trusted pastors and teachers, whoever. I promise you the Bible has what we need. But do you believe that it has it all? Does it have every recorded incident that has happened in human history? No, but it has what we need. It has exactly what we need. I pray that we are learning something from these temptations, the series that, we're, that um, the Lord has let me do about the temptations of Christ. We are not alone in this journey. We are not. And I'm going to pray this specific prayer. First one is for those who want to know Jesus. If you want to know Jesus as your personal savior, and you're like, God, I just feel like I'm being pulled on every way. Like it's just one thing after another trying to get my distraction, trying to distract me. I just feel like I can't get myself right. No, you can't get yourself right. That's Jesus. Okay. That's God. God's going to do that. You can't do that. You can speak yourself and discipline yourself into what you think man thinks, humans think is great, but no. In order for us to be right, it is through Christ Jesus. So if you are just one of those, I just got, I just want to know you. I hope, please pray after me. Please repeat after me. Lord, come into my heart. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died and rose from my sins. I believe that you will take on my cares because you care for me. If you believe that you are saved, we are rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing. We are so excited to, uh, to have you come into the kingdom. Welcome in my brother, my sister. We love you. You are loved. Find a church home, find a small group, whatever it is. Don't do this journey alone because you are not alone. Remember, we, we have a, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with us. We have a beautiful priest with just Christ Jesus, who's able to feel and empathize everything that we have gone through. You are not alone. And for those who already know Jesus, but you just feel like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of struggling with the same thing over and over. I keep going down this path. Remember that Jesus was carried away by the enemy. I keep going down this path. Why? I'm going to pray this prayer for you that God begins to open your eyes and ears to yourself and to the tactics of the enemy and for you to gain the wisdom and knowledge of God through scripture and biblical understanding. So you see the root 
of what is happening and that you give those things over to him and that you begin to walk in his ways in that specific area. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for answering that request that I just made. God, I thank you for opening up every heart and mind for those who want to know you better, who are tired of the cycles and they feel like I just keep going down the same path. It is not glorifying you, but God, you allowed us to read the scripture where Jesus was carried away by the enemy himself. And you allowed me to stay on that because I just kept saying, why he is so powerful but why did he do that because he is so gracious and humble to where he came down here to walk the path and the struggles and the issues that we will go through as humans so that we can see your grace your love and your mercy and we know that you are our shepherd your rod and your staff will always comfort us because you will never leave us nor forsake us your desire for us is for us to have the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven God I thank you Lord Jesus for opening our mind and our power and our understanding of what that looks like what does that mean and how do we walk in the kingdom of you while here on earth we are not waiting till we get to you to have a joyful life because Jesus says I've come that you may have life and have life more abundantly Lord we thank you and we praise you for answering every prayer every desire that has gone up in um, those who are praying with me God I ask that you continue to bless us and keep us in the name of Jesus we pray amen I love you all Please make sure that you like, subscribe, download, go ahead and share the podcast and continue to pray for me as I pray for you all. Love you all and speak to you next week.